You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back, and it's kind of crazy, I, I believe. Are we the whole way through that second column? I think we are, yeah. yeah. You're jumping yeah. the gun. I know, I You're know, jumping but the like, gun. that's just the overwhelming thought is, man, it's crazy how um, we have one week left in the regular season. Yes, one week to go, and here we are, episode 16 of the Bulldog Hour, season five for the 2019 calendar year, the 2019 Wilson football season. Yes, week nine complete, looking forward to week 10, but we have a victory to talk about. Yeah, and that's that's always fun. It's that's been uh, fun. it's been a pretty fun year so far. We've only had one downer of a show, and... Uh, you know, looking forward to a lot more uh, happy editions of the Bulldog Hour in the weeks to come. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where uh, we're we're pretty clear about that, and obviously, it's not no surprise. Like, um, you know, it, it's always a lot more fun to do the show uh, following wins, and and we've been fortunate this year to get to do that uh, eight times so far. So, yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully, we have uh, a, a number of those left. <laughs> But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will, and we will find out quickly here. We have, obviously, the victory over Cedar Crest to talk about tonight. Wilson won 35-7 Friday evening, October 18th. It was down or over in Lebanon. Uh, Wilson's only trip into the that county this year, I believe. There aren't too many Lebanon-based teams that Wilson can play. The, the size of the school, you know, 6A, Section 1, not too many Lebanon schools fall into that category. But we got to venture to the uh, Cornwall Lebanon School District to take on Cedar Crest. First time in that stadium, Earl Bolt's stadium since 2014. And you said maybe the first time you've seen Wilson play uh, in that venue. Yeah, I'm at least football sure wise. first time I've seen Wilson play in that venue. And I'm, I'm not sure, maybe the first time I've ever been to that stadium, um, which is doesn't happen f- very often, especially with league games for me. I, I, um, you know, having grown up in LL schools, even before I lived in Wilson, um, uh, you know, I, I have been to a, a large number of LL school venues, uh, gyms and football stadiums. So it just, um, yeah, that's one I'm, I don't recall ever being there before. Um, I've been to the high school and I've been to other athletic fields there, but I don't know that I've ever been. I'm almost certain I've never been to a football game there. So yeah, it's a cool place. Yeah, that's, it's a nice stadium. Like, yeah. Nice field house at the end. Um, you know, all that stuff. So it, it was, it was a fine, you know, the facilities were fine. Um, and things went great. <laughs> Wind died down at kick, you know, near right. kickoff. That was, that was a, it's a plus, plus for sure. Especially climbing on top of the uh, press box. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Top of the press box is really nice. Lots of space. Yeah. A little cold. But... It was a little cold, but it wasn't too bad. It honestly wasn't that bad. All right, let's take care of the uh, housekeeping business before we dive into the uh, meat and potatoes of the show here. Show sponsors, thank you to May's Sandwich Shop, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, 
Andy Her, and our two anonymous donors. We appreciate your support uh, this year and many of you in the years previously. And we have a few ways that you can help help the show uh, besides becoming a sponsor and advertising with us uh, like those previously mentioned people or businesses have done. You can uh, make uh, donations to the show, visit the website, got stuff posted up there. Usually pretty regularly, every few days, I try to update it with something new, especially if it pertains to announcements about the show or the football team and program in general. Uh, but then Justin's favorite, spreading the word. Yeah, so um, you know, like and share. You know that that's the best way when when you see it. If you uh, like it, share it. Um, help those who may not know about it see it. Always helps. Yeah, just direct them to us, bulldoghour.com, and they can get everything they need there. They can find where to subscribe to the podcast version or watch the uh, the recorded video versions of each episode. And like I said, this is episode sixteen. Next week will be episode seventeen. Uh, same time and place, Sunday evening, October 27th, 8.30 on Facebook Live. We also put it out on Periscope, on the Twitter accounts, and on YouTube as well. Yeah, like just this week, someone came up and asked me about uh, you know, something that, that you've been running with the, the game film and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it shows that it, it works when you, when you start spreading the word around about that. So thank you. Yep, and that's why we try to get as many people to follow and like the accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Just get subscribers, uh, retweet, share, whatever you can do to spread the word, both about the Wilson Bulldogs football accounts and the Bulldog Hour accounts. We appreciate it. And uh, here's what Justin mentioned earlier. Here's the schedule that we've been putting up, I think, since probably at least the second show, maybe even the first show back in February. It seems so long ago that we were talking about the, the, the beginning of the football season, how excited we were for it back uh, you know, after Valentine's Day. And, uh, well, here we are, that second column now gone. We're on the third column, uh, and the only opponent we know is left in that third column, and that is... J.P. McCaskey, Lancaster McCaskey, this coming Friday will be senior night at Gursky Stadium, and we will recognize the senior players, athletic trainers, cheerleaders, managers will all get their recognition, so definitely uh, come out before the game to congratulate the seniors for, um, for, for what for many is, was expected to be possibly their last home game. Um, 99.99% sure that it won't be, yeah. uh, as the playoffs are incoming and Wilson is set up pretty well to probably host at least the first, poss- probably second, and then, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that's where it's set up. So we don't expect this game against McCaskey to be the final home game of the 2019 season, but then you can see where the playoffs go. So District 3 6A's got three rounds, quarterfinals, semifinals, and district final. Uh, at least the first two rounds will be on a Friday should Wilson get to play, which the first one is nearly guaranteed and may if they if district 3 did you know clinches i'm pretty sure wilson would have a clinch spot in the playoffs right. right now uh the 8th should wilson win the first round is also a friday and i don't think they've announced when the district 3 6a final will be if it'll be a friday or a saturday that may be up to the host school because these aren't at hershey anymore yeah my guess is it is up to the host school and because there is likely to be in the field um in the playoff field um you know uh, at least one team that plays their home games on saturdays i think you know they're that that's why i think they don't have the the date set necessarily so 
So uh, for those of you that are ignoring us watching the Cowboys-Eagles game, I'm going to say that most of you are probably Eagles fans. You probably want to turn over to the Bulldog Hour uh, and not watch the Eagles be down by 14 in the first five minutes of the game. So please come and watch the Bulldog Hour. Turn off the Eagles-Cowboys game and come and pay attention to this. So that's just a a PSA here as we move on to uh, more important things. But yeah, the playoffs are uh, right around the corner, and uh, we're going to talk about that at length near the end of the show because we definitely want to take a deep dive into the District 3 power ratings because, well, I mean, you kind of heard it here first, at least publicly, uh, two weeks ago. It was after the victory over Hempfield. We had an emailer tell us that he said, should Wilson win out, which we're now two-thirds of the way there. He fully expected Wilson to finish number one in the power ratings. Jumping Mannheim Township, despite the head-to-head loss, we weren't sure if, you know, at the time we were kind of like, right. oh, that would be interesting. We, we talked about it a lot because it would be really interesting. Um, but I don't know, you know, the more you and I thought about it, I think the more you and I were both kind of like, we'll see. We'll see after week nine if we can cut if we can cut everything in, if we can cut the the difference in half in week nine, then we knew there was a shot um, going into week 10. Yeah, well... We jumped over them already, and we're going to get into that more a little bit later. But first, we want to wrap up Cedarcrest and preview McCaskey. Um, I was having a little bit of fun with some Photoshop stuff, though, um, recently. I don't know if you people that uh, are on social media, if you saw the things that I was posting, but this was fun to work on while I was watching the Penn State game. And for those of you that are not Penn State fans or not in the know about the latest uh you know, stuff going around the Penn State football program, their running back group has adopted a, um, a name for their, uh, their, for their foursome of running back there. And they call themselves the lawn boys and, uh, you know, kind of made sense with Wilson being best being based in West lawn that we could come up with something to, uh, ride that wave. And Justin, and I talked about it for the last few weeks and I finally got around to opening up Photoshop and using my very amateurish skills to do so. Uh, but having pictures from the games made it easy to throw them in there. So um, it was just something fun to do, but to recognize uh, Avante, Mason, Jaden, and and Gavin's role in the offense so far this year. And I said four of them have combined for over 1,700 yards and 20 touchdowns on the ground. So yeah, having awesome. a, a pretty successful year. And uh, we've highlighted the, uh, the, the top two, Avante and, and Mason, for their role in the offense and to the team's success so far. And it's nice to see the young guys get in time as well as both Jaden and Gavin are sophomores. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then uh, the latest one was the one that came out today. Um, And I think I'm pursuing this as a a possible uh, quick turnaround t-shirt idea as I had people um, ask for it on Twitter. And then I started to put feelers out of people that may be interested. So I think I'm going to turn around and do this. And I'm actually doing a rush order to have it here by the end of the week. So we have it (laughs) for the game. Uh, on Friday. So if you're interested in getting uh, a Doug Knows football shirt, um, make sure you message me uh, you know, via text or social media. Let me know that you're interested. Uh, they're probably going to be, because of the quick turnaround, um, probably about $15 a shirt. I was hoping for 12 but I don't think I'm going to be able to get them down to that. So probably going to be $15 a t-shirt. I'm only ordering a limited amount. So if you want to reserve your size, you need to message me and let me know uh, ASAP because that order is probably going in tonight with hopeful delivery by Thursday so that I can uh, have people pick them up and uh, ha- have them for the game on Friday. So that- that'll be fun. That's awesome. All right. So... Let's dive into the Cedar Crest game now, and we'll start with 
some, well, let's go right to the highlights actually, because then we'll talk about, um, if I can find it here, uh, then we can talk about the individual statistics, which let's watch, uh, how it went down, what happened, uh, Friday night in Lebanon against the Cedar Crest Falcons. We have just a couple minutes here of video. Uh, there wasn't a ton of, yeah, there wasn't a ton of highlights. Wilson scored five times, so obviously we'll take a look at that. Uh, but it's tough when the uh, game film hasn't been marked with the, st the statistics yet. So it was hard for me to find uh, where all the plays are. But let's take a look at the Cedar Crest game film. So Wilson scored on their first four offensive possessions. This is the first one here. You're going to see Caleb Brown find Brady Gibble for a touchdown to open the scoring for Wilson, and that put them up. Uh, the Bulldogs up uh, seven to nothing. Then it would be Avante on the second offensive series for the Bulldogs going in for the score. Wilson 14, Cedar Crest nothing. Once again, they'd stop the Falcons and move down the field. And the Bulldogs would put up a third score of the game. This one would be Caleb Brown to great. Matt Fry. A great, great way to come back to the ball and get it. 21 nothing early second quarter. And again, Wilson defense was able to stop Cedar Crest. They give the ball to Avante here for touchdown number four overall, his second of the game. That was about five minutes to go in the second quarter. Again, Wilson's defense forces the Falcons uh, to turn over on downs deep in their own territory. And the next series, Caleb Brown fights Brady Gibble for a long pass reception down in the Falcons territory inside the 25 now, the, uh, the Wilson drive would stall. Unfortunately, a field goal would be missed right before half. But the third quarter would be no different for the Bulldogs as Wilson would drive right down the field, um, aided by this uh, Caleb Brown scramble. And the man of the night was, again, Avanti Lockhart. He's going to get his third touchdown of the evening, fifth overall for the Bulldogs on a little shovel pass from Caleb to Avanti. So three touchdowns for Lockhart, five for the Wilson starting offense. And with just under seven minutes to play in the third quarter, uh, the Wilson starters would be done for the night. Uh, so we got to see a few few uh, backups uh, and uh, second team guys come in. Uh, this was a nice path from Nick Williams here on fourth nice down. Catch. It was a very nice catch to Troy Corson, uh, still getting some time there, but it was just short of uh, the first down marker. So Cedar Crest would take over. And they would eventually drive down on the uh, backups in JV and score here on fourth down to get their only point, points of the evening with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, here's the last highlight for the Bulldogs. This this is the JV team, and I believe this is Jason Beckford. It's going to get the handoff from Gannon Brubaker, uh, find a, a crease, and uh, get to the sideline. And he picked up a nice 53-yard gain from the young Sarah and the Bulldogs JV team. And uh, there's your final 35 to seven um and that's how it would end against cedar crest so you know pretty this is kind of this game kind of reminded me of the way hemfield went you know uh not too flashy you know they weren't making you know they weren't scoring 60 70 yard touchdowns but they were methodically driving down the field using uh, avanti and when necessary caleb uh with his arm and you know they, they got the job done when you, when you score in your first four possessions and nearly come away with points on your fifth, I'm not sure there's much you can really complain about. Yeah, I mean, 
yeah, they, they, they handled their business. It, it was one of those things that we like to see. Um, you know, we, I think I, we talked about it on the way up. Like I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, yeah. Cedar Crest was an interesting team because they had started five and zero. Right. Then they ran into the buzzsaw and two out of three weeks had to play right. Warwick and then Manheim Township. There was a game sandwich in between there that they won. So they were five and zero. then they were six and one and Wilson gets them at six and two, but um, they're not on the same page as the other three teams right. in section one. They they are the fourth but place you can, team. You can see how they they have built that program back into like a respectable like uh, team. Right. Um, they had some down years, but they're they're moving in the right direction. And you can also see how if you look at their schedule when they play for the most part, some of the five A teams and some of the teams that they were playing against for a few years in section two and things like that. Very competitive. Um, they it just it wasn't a great matchup for from their point. And Wilson was able to go in and do what they needed to do, which right. was great. They were able to run the ball. They were able to um, get uh, you know get the ball to some of the receivers outside and, and let them make plays. It it just overall it was good. Um, yeah, it was what you would want to see. And um, you know it's it's just one of those where. I was glad to see them handle their business and just take care of things and uh, yeah, get you, ready for the next thing, which is handling your business this week to finish out the regular season. It's a team everyone expects Wilson to beat. They came in and got the job done. Like in years past, we've seen sometimes slow starts or uh, rough endings haven't always been um, the case. But, you know, the last few right. weeks against Hempfield, against Cedar Crest, teams that you should beat on paper – they didn't really have much of an issue, which which was good. That, that's what you want. You want to make sure that they're focused, ready to go, take care of business, get out, be relatively healthy, move on, and focus on um, the the next trial, which uh, we know is going to be uh, McCaskey and Wilson is angling for playoff seating because obviously there's no reason Wilson shouldn't win this Friday either. No, and and but again. It's one of those you have to make sure that you go out and do what you're supposed to do. You know, like it's it's not really, um, yeah, it, like you said, that everyone kind of, you can see by the records here and, and everything else, that everybody knows what this game should be, but it's Wilson's job to go out and make sure that that's exactly what happens. Right. You know, like um, anything short of that, um, you, know, you don't want to look ahead. You don't, you know, you don't have all those things. Um Especially when you're talking about, they, they don't even know who the next opponent will be. So there's not really anything to even necessarily look ahead to, like, right? Because um, there isn't a. That's not set. It's not um, set, and it's very fluid. And that anyone that the thinks bracket. they know what it's going to be is uh, they. They must have the like the Excel file that you can go and input yeah, what see, happens. Like, doing that, think about all the different combinations of outcomes here when you consider all the different non-league schedules and everything. Right like, there. The possible number of outcomes, but you'd have is, to break it down. I know these teams are going to win. I, right. you know, I but think these teams are going to win. Toss ups, like a lot of, like it's not the case for some of the some of the games on the slate. Like some of the games on the slate, like we know who they're going to win. When we talk about, you know, some of the teams, when we look at the rankings, we know or we're fairly certain that certain teams are going to win. But even there, like there are some of these where you're just like, I have no idea who's going to win. That right, game, you know, so. To get two or three of those right when making a prediction would be tough, let alone 
uh, more than that. But anyway, back back to the Cedar Crest stuff. It, I was glad Penn, not Penn State. I'm glad Penn State. I'm glad, glad Penn State won. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Wilson uh, did what they were supposed to do. Uh, went out and and didn't really wait till the second quarter, you know, to get started. They nah. handled their business from the start. Which yeah. Was good. So some statistics here from the Bulldogs' victory over Cedar Crest. Wilson uh, doubled up the Falcons in first downs, twenty-two to eleven. Wilson rushed the ball forty times for three hundred and six yards versus 23 for 107 for Cedar Crest, and a lot of that came uh, once the game was well in hand. Bulldogs ended up with 187 passing yards and held Cedar Crest to just 92. And uh, Wilson quarterbacks were 12 of 17, whereas Cedar Crest were just 6 of 24. So Wilson just a hair under 500 total offensive yards, 493, and Cedar Crest, well, even closer to... uh, 200 then the Bulldogs were to 500 they were at 199 so Wilson nearly 300 more offensive yards so that's definitely what you want to see Wilson was penalized a lot that was the one thing that I maybe the biggest negative of the evening there was a lot of penalties Wilson had 12 for 105 yards now that's going to happen when you get unsportsmanlike conducts or personal fouls and uh, the pass interferences. Th- those are all the big ones because those are always 15-yard penalties. Right. So, and then the, you throw in a couple holdings, you know, the, it can add up quickly. So, that's probably the one area that the coaches are going to say, we got to clean this up. Now, obviously, people are going to be like, well, some of them, you know, some of them maybe shouldn't have been penalties, but you still that's can't true. put yourself in that but situation. there are also some that aren't necessarily things that just happen within the course of play. Right. You know? Yeah. And like, like holding, yes, I don't want you to hold, but like holding is going to happen, you know, like that. That's that's going to happen, but um, yeah, mostly you gotta, you, you gotta clean up. up the stuff that are just stupid penalties, like well, personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct. Like, well, we, those we, need we to be talked tossed. about this at different points in the season and in a few of the tougher games. Like, um, there are some things that happen in some games this year that it's not going to matter. Right. 120 some yards of penalty yards is what you said. Right? 105. Oh, sorry. 105 yards of penalty yards. And it didn't matter at all. But you know what? Over the next few weeks, it's going to start to matter right. a lot more. Probably won't probably. matter much this Friday. Right. This week, maybe not. Depending on the opponent, the but, first round may or may not matter. Probably more than in week 10. Yes, absolutely. And, and if if we're lucky enough to keep going, it's going to matter more that week. And if we're lucky enough to keep going, it's going to matter more than that week. Like, it matters at some point. And you can't wait till you need to have it to clean it up. You need to take care of that ahead of time. Possession time. Wilson had the ball for 28 minutes and two seconds to 1958 for Cedar Crest. Third down. Wilson above 50%, 6 of 11, where Cedar Crest was held to 1 of 11. Uh, Scoring chances. Wilson made it into the red zone six times, came away with points five of those times, all of them being touched down. And the only miss was the field goal right before halftime. But the Wilson defense held Cedar Crest to just one conversion on three trips into the red zone. So that's definitely things you want to see. Penalty yards, notwithstanding, everything else looked pretty, pretty good. So individually speaking, we already mentioned Avante 
had a huge night, 19 rushes, 141 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. I mentioned Jason Beckford. He had two rushes uh, for a grand total of 50 yards, but he had a long of 53. His other rush, he lost a few yards, but that was a nice 53-yard run by uh, Jason Beckford. Mason Leonard had two carries for 43 yards. And uh, quarterback Caleb Brown gained 36 yards on 10 carries. He was actually up to 60, uh, but he lost a bunch on sacks, which maybe that was the other negative on the night. There were a bunch of sacks. Were. Uh, that was that they was were. probably something that stood out besides the penalties was uh, a lot of pressure on quarterback Caleb Brown. Yeah. So that's another thing that needs to be tightened up as we enter or approach the second season. Passing-wise, Caleb was 11 of 15, 169 yards and three touchdowns, but he was sacked the three times. Uh, three different receivers caught touchdowns. Matt Fry led the way with four catches for 40 yards and a score. Uh, Brady Gibble was the next receiver. He had just two catches but made them count. One of them was for 69 yards. The other one was for a touchdown. And then Avante had three for 19 yards and a score, that coming on the shovel pass that we saw in the highlights. Now, defensively speaking... This week, uh, it was safety Troy Corson leading the way with five tackles. Uh, next up were a uh, three guys with three. John Ramsey, who's getting some t- meaningful time and making a count there near the end. And then Matt Fry, three for him as well. And Josh Drake, ditto to him, uh, same as Ramsey, making a count as he's in there getting playing time near the end. Uh, the sophomore uh, safety, Josh Drake, three tackles for him. Wilson had just one sack on the night, but it was a big one from Jeff Colson that contributed to his two total tackles on the evening. So what are we going to do about player of the game? Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of easy of who the player of the game is. I don't know that it's that difficult. Um, and, uh, is this his third? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I lose track too, but it's going to be Avanti Lockhart, the senior running back and linebacker, uh, for his contributions to the Wilson victory over Cedar Crest. He, like I just mentioned, 19 rushes, 141 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground, another three catches for 19 yards in the score, and then one tackle from his linebacker spot. And it was nice uh, for him to get in, get the carries, get the scores, and then uh, then rest the majority of the second half. So uh, Avanti, another solid, solid outing from him. And uh, the way the running backs run in general, and it's, Avanti leads the way with this, but the toughness and the ability to get extra yards or not go down from all four running backs that Wilson throws out there on a nightly basis, it wears defenses down. And we saw that in the first game against Central Dolphin, who is a scary, scary team right now. Wilson got the better of them in the opening week, and you could see it in the second half. Central Dolphin was a team that was finding their way early in the year, like a lot of high school football teams. Like that's – and – yeah, you look They've at hit it, their stride. They have two losses. Their two losses are to the top two teams right. in 6A and have not lost since week three, I guess. I think this is when they played Township. Right. Um, have not lost since then. And they've beaten teams four, seven, and nine as right. well. And they play CD East this week? Do they? Yeah. Yeah. So a game I would expect them to win. I know it's a rivalry game. I know that it can be crazy, but the expected outcome would be a Central Dolphin win there. Yeah, and that's a, that's a heck of a game. So, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We're going to talk about the power ratings and Week 10 opponents and what could happen, and we're going to do our best uh, acts as mathematicians and uh, 
we'll see how that goes. So, I mean, you got you got you got some scientists here, when, and math is the language of science. But this is higher level mathematics, uh, and I just wish I had more in depth uh, computer science knowledge and uh, could create an equation sheet to uh, figure this out. But it's uh, it's something, and it changes. You know, every every win or loss entered changes the formula, as we saw uh, throughout the day Saturday as things kept changing. And uh, we'll we'll get to that a little bit in just a little bit here. Um, But up first, well, game 10 is against Lancaster McCaskey. They're not having a strong season this year. 0-9, they've also lost the final seven games last season. So they have lost 16 games in a row, and their games are not even close. This past week, they lost to Manheim Township at home. 71 to nothing yeah. and uh, just nothing going well for the red tornadoes. And I, you, you, it's, it's hard to uh, talk about a game that probably shouldn't be close. No, it shouldn't be. And you never know what's, what's going to happen. Like we've said, but yeah, if Wilson does anything close to what they should do, it, they should handle their business and it should be, they they should take care of their business. Yeah, for for sure. Um, I just it, it it's tough to. Well, they they have a first year head coach who reportedly has been able to keep the, the group together. They're not getting departures, so they're um they're they're um learning as a team. Hopefully, uh, things can start to pick up for them and things can go better. Uh, it's hard to imagine them not. Um, finishing without a win this season, though, which you'd never want to see a team go through go through that. Right. And unfortunately, there's a lot of teams in District Three uh, over the last few years that have uh, have felt that way, including another one, I believe, Garden Spot is uh, struggling over the last few seasons. Uh, Peckway Valley as well, um, and there's plenty of others. Um, you know, just a few years ago, we we're talking about how long had it been since Ephrata had won a game, right. and and look where their program is now, much better uh, for the time being. So McCaskey, you know, historically. A pretty strong athletic program, very good on the football team, especially in the 80s and 90s. Um, we saw that into the early 2000s. But since they last beat Wilson, which I think McCaskey's last victory over the Bulldogs was in 2003. I think it might have been Chad's senior year. I yeah, think it might have like, been the last McCaskey we, we victory. We this a lot when we're in a league play. Like, man, some of the teams in Section 1 that – are kind of afterthoughts now, um, or at least, you know, I, I shouldn't say are afterthoughts, but are are in tough times. Let's just put it that way. Used to be some of the dominant teams. Like, yeah. It was crazy. Like Cedar Crest and McCaskey were so good when we were in school. Cedar Crest, McCaskey, and Redding, which was also in the LL at that time. Right. We're so good. They were very good, yeah. Pumping out D1 talent like crazy. Well, it's, and I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or if I saw it after the fact, but Cedar Crest has only ever beaten Wilson four times. Yeah. And I was, I was a part of two of those. I was a part of two of those. And then it, isn't it amazing how a school can produce two huge D1 prospects and it completely changes around their program for like three or four years? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, for those that wouldn't didn't know, like when we were in school, they had Brandon Kirsch and Jaron Hayes, who was a quarterback who went to Purdue, and Jaron Hayes, who was a dynamic running back yep. in high school, but played in the secondary at Michigan State. 
You had two Big Ten players on your Cedar Crest team. Huh? Yeah, and they had another they one had or some, two guys yeah, that went guys either that were going. low level, like group of five D one right. or, or high D two. You know, uh, so yeah, they had quite the team. But Cedar Crest has only ever beaten Wilson four times, and two of them happened in back to back years in two thousand and two thousand and one. Right. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know it it. It it is what it is. It's been a while since McCaskey has uh, taken down Wilson. Like I like I said, I believe it was two thousand and three. Um, is my guess. I I, I yeah. I, 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 I just know. I well we know dating back to two thousand eight, the only team that has beat Wilson in the regular season have been Township and Warwick. Right. So you can go all the way back to two thousand seven, but I don't think McCaskey won in two thousand seven. In 06, Wilson only lost to Mifflin twice. Right. So it could have been oh four oh five, but you know we're not that far away from what I'm guessing. Right. right. So it's yeah, been a long time. it ha- it has been a, it has been a while. As so in before some of the kids on the team were born. Right. So, um, so I mentioned McCaskey's uh, uh, has a rookie head coach. Sam London is their coach. Um, you know they, they won one game last year before Sam London came. Um, was and that might have been against Reading, their their victory. Been, I don't remember. Uh, but they they w- were one and nine. You know, they're zero and nine this year. Um, Sam London is McCaskey's fourth head coach in the last ten years. Um, but then he, you you can't build a program like that. No. And uh, you need a guy that's going to stick around for a while. And uh, hopefully, after this rough start, London will be around a little bit and can get them going in the right direction uh the biggest issue has been quarterback play they haven't been able to settle on one they've been rotating through um a senior who's had some playing time last year and ben desmaray uh but then uh they also have a freshman that they've been throwing in there they've been going back and forth but their offense has been um awful like they have not been good obviously getting shut out but they haven't even been gaining yards they were unable to do almost anything against Reading. And Reading has has fallen off after their fast start. Um, they've been shut out multiple times this year, so it's just been a rough go for the tornado. So, but we know that they're always dangerous if they can find a a, a crease or they run down the seam and they can, a pass can get there in time. Uh, they'll be able to make something happen because they have the athletes and playmakers. We see it every year. It's it seems to be more dangerous when we have to go there. Uh, to Lancaster, but we get him at Gursky this year. So uh, that's the uh, radio season finale this uh, Friday at Gursky. So now next up to finish the show, we're going to talk about week 10 across district three, focus on the power ratings and what we think could happen depending on outcomes of each game. And we mentioned this already that it's tough to prognosticate and get into the nitty gritty because the variables we're talking about significant digits here and down to uh, well past the hundredth decimal point. So uh, as you can see right now, Wilson has jumped to Mannheim Township for the number one seed. And this is exactly what was said two weeks ago by our emailer. And we've been talking about for the last two weeks, it only really picked up steam in the last few days since I've had players, coaches, and fans all say, is that going to happen? Is that going to happen? Well, if you uh, tuned in Saturday, you know, mid morning, it had already happened. And I did enjoy the people that were commenting on social media telling me, well, don't worry. Once all the games are in, it won't be like that. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm not going to respond because what do I have to gain from responding? But I wanted to be like, 
yes, it will be. Right. Like, this isn't changing. The games that went in, and it was interesting because there was an article today, I believe, in the paper. Or it might have been yesterday in the paper, um, just about how, like, well, you know, um, why missing's number one in 3A, in District 3. Right. Not a surprise at all. Undefeated, having a great year. Um, Berks Catholic is number one in District 3 in 4A. Yep. It's a mild surprise, but has they had a really rough start. But, yep. but, like, they lost to some really good really teams. good teams yeah um and some of those were non-piwa ones so like you get into different things there but you know he's doing really well mount surprise and it was like pretty big surprise was that wilson is number one based on the you know the surrounding information and um but it, it went in to just explain how you know when you look at league league schedules are a wash you know uh because you all play the same teams. So in terms of strength of opponents and all of that stuff in the league, it's it's a wash. So the biggest thing here to focus on is obviously the overall rating is most important. That is the cumulative score or the average. And there are calculations to get to that rating. It's not just adding or subtracting. So don't like think you can figure it out. You need to know the formula, but the rating is what gives them the rank. So Wilson's rating is the highest. So they're number one. Why is Wilson's rating the highest? TWP is team winning percentage. Um, that and that is, uh, you know, every win you get is going to bounce you up. Manheim Township can't go above one. That is a hundred percent. They they are as it's high as they can games. go there. Wilson can continue to increase their TWP. Manheim Township cannot. Then you get to OWP, which is opponent winning percentage. Wilson's non non league non common opponents, and I say non common because Wilson and Manham Township both play Central Dolphins, so that's a Who's wash. Also, the third ranked team, <laughs> right? So the, it, just in the in the big picture, that's a really good opponent winning percentage for those teams because, right? Central Dolphin only has two losses. Yes, um, and opponent winning percentage, and more importantly, the opponent weighted winning percentage is what matters here. And if you look in those columns all the way over near the right side of your screen, if you're watching the OWPW is very important when it comes to this uh, rating here, it's what's causing Wilson to jump Manheim township right now. So Manheim township OWPW is 56.3. Wilson's is 67.2. It is the second, no third largest in all of 6A in District 3, there's 18 teams. Wilson has the third highest OWPW. That's a um, opponent-weighted winning percentage. Opponent-winning percentage weighted. And the highest is McCaskey's at 69. Right. So that is nearly, you know, it's a 10.9 point differential there. Right. So the reason Wilson's is higher is because Wilson's three non-league, non-common opponents compared to Township are just performing that much better. And in fact, it is very likely that at the end of week 10, Wilson's four non-league opponents will all be league champions. Yeah, which is crazy. And Wilson won all four of those games. Yeah. Wilson started the season with a win against Central Dolphin, which is a quality win. If we want to get into a talk of you know college, especially I know that's more of a college basketball thing, but Wilson beating Central Dolphin is a quality win. The problem for both the Bulldogs and the Blue Streaks is they both played and beat Central Dolphin. So it doesn't help one of those right. teams. It's another one that's a wash. It's a wash. It doesn't matter. It looks good at, on paper, right? but in, in the end, in the ratings, it doesn't matter. So now you go to 
um, a- another opponent. Well, Wilson's we'll go Wilson's order. Wilson played Mifflin next. Mifflin started slow, gaining speed. Just won a huge game this week against Exeter. I believe Mifflin is guaranteed no worse than a tie for the Burks uh, Section One Championship. And if they beat Connor Weiser this week, they'll win it outright, and I believe they'll finish at seven and three. Yeah, and it's after starting zero and three. Right. And then they'll have reeled off seven straight wins, and they will likely vault up into top eight, top six of the five A playoffs. So Wilson's second non-league opponent. Se- likely to get to seven and three man i'm township i don't know the order off the top of my head but i know one of them was cde central dolphin east not having a great year i believe they're three and six at the moment yes uh they're three and six at the moment likely to lose in week 10 this this friday because they play central dolphin this is the rivalry game it's the inner high school uh you know, high school versus high school district. in the Central Dolphin School District. Right. Central Dolphin versus Central Dolphin East. Central Dolphin is rolling, having won, I believe, have they won seven in a row or six out of seven? I don't know when they played Township, but they played them in week two, week three. I think they played them in week three. Okay, so. I, I think they played Burks Catholic in week Oh, you're right, you're right, yep, yep. So after starting one and two uh, with losses to Wilson and Township, uh, Central Dolphin has now uh, Won six in a row, looking for seven in a row, likely to beat CD East, though it is a rivalry game, but you got to give the edge to the Rams in this one over the Panthers, um, which knocks Township's OWPW down because their their opponent is going to lose. A, 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 a non-league opponent that they played is going to lose. Wilson, on the other hand, next played Springford. Since Wilson beat Springford, Springford hasn't lost. No. Springford is I believe Including seven and two. A big win in the rivalry game this week against Perkyum and Valley. Springford is now seven and two and plays Pottsgrove for the outright uh, pack championship. Uh, Pottsgrove is eight and one, but Springford is, is looking good to win that game, get to nine and one, and be rolling when District One playoffs open. And they will po- quite possibly be a top six seed in the District One playoffs, which takes sixteen teams. So that's another huge win for Wilson in this uh, in this rating because their opponents are winning. Township, on the other hand, one of the other teams they played was Dallas Town, 6A, which is good for the weighted portion, but their results have not been very good. And Dallas Town this week, I believe, plays. Um, actually, who do they play? Just want to because I, I thought I had given them a likely loss. Um, but now I got to figure out who who they play. I know I pulled it up. Let me find it. Oh, good. I just closed it. It was the last one. All right. So Dallas Town plays Red Lion this week. Now this is a rivalry game too, as many of the Week Ten games are. And this we've seen that York League in that like, round robin that the three better teams usually have near the end of the season: Red Lion, Central York, and Dallas Town. We've seen them knock each other off. So there's a chance Dallas Town beats Red Lion, but Red Lion on paper and in common opponents is a better team than Dallas Town, which leads me to believe that Red Lion will beat Dallas Town, which is another knock against Township in these power ratings. So when it comes to um, the final non-league, non-common opponent, it was the Section 2, Section 1 crossover games. Wilson played Manheim Central, who has not lost since Wilson beat them, and Township played Cocalico, who is their best non-league, non-common opponent, but still is not as high as Manheim Central is. So you can see why is why is Wilson jumped Manheim Township despite having a head-to-head loss. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just telling you how this works. 
it all about this weighted opponent winning percentage or just the the non-league, non-common opponents, that's what's driving Wilson's rating. And it's just a little bit above Township. It's .001351 or something like that. It's not a lot, but people are like, well, don't worry, next week Township will jump him. Why? Like, there's no there's no mathematical reason no, be, why Township will jump things, Wilson. One of the things... Right. It, it would come down to those leagues. So if there were a number of the non-league upsets in the scenarios you just ran through, that could lead to right. the issue. Or if Wilson were to lose. or well, Right. Yeah. No, right. I mean, obviously the bigger yes. ones, if one of these favored teams would lose, right. that throws a huge wrench into everything. Right. But if you go, you know, obviously but there's like, no Vegas odds on high school is, football. I, but I know. And this is one of the things we had talked about. And until we looked in, we, you looked into it. Um you know, didn't know if playing McCaskey would hurt. Can't count it in. Right, it's already counted in. Because right, because Manning Township plays Hempfield this week, who's four and five. Wilson plays McCaskey's zero and nine. And people are thinking, oh well, well those games haven't been included in the rating yet because you haven't played those. Well, we went to it and actually it was pointed out by Brian Miller um, to to me this week because I said I was like, ah, we couldn't ever, we didn't really ever figure out is the entire ten game slate counted in the power ratings despite the game not having been played and after reading the district three memo on power ratings you can find it on their site piaad3.org it is always counted so from week one all 10 games weren't included so wilson playing mccaskey who hasn't won a game it doesn't make any difference this week it doesn't impact Wilson negatively. It's always been counted in Wilson's power rating, and it's always been counted in Madam Tantra's power rating because they've right. been they've been on the schedule all year. So that's not going to hurt him. The only thing that can hurt Wilson is a loss to McCaskey, or maybe Mifflin, Springford, and Manheim Central all losing this week, and then seeing Dallas Town, CD East, and Cocalico all winning. And I and obviously that's this is why I wish I had that Excel file that I could go in and be like, well, if this and this happens, then this is what what the rating right. would be. But the interesting thing there would be if Wilson wins, it would still help that team winning percentage. Right. Um, and that that's the other factor that people are overlooking. Can still go up. Township cannot go higher than one point zero, hundred percent in the team winning percentage. But Wilson's team winning percentage isn't going to stay at point nine two eight two three zero. It's going to go up when they get to nine and one. Yeah. And then the the TWPW, which we're not focusing on, is the teams team weighted team winning percentage weighted, and that goes, I believe. I, I I have to go back and look at the thing, but I think if you play a four A team, that's even. Like you you get you win that you get a a a one or something like that. But when you beat a five A team, you get like one point two. If you beat a six A team, you get one point four. You know, it's something like that. Whereas a win against a larger classification is a bigger. Um, point boost in the weighted category. And that's why you always hear these teams scheduling non-league opponents. They don't want to schedule, if you're 5 or 6A, you don't want to schedule 1, 2, or 3As. You need to at least have a 4A, and you'd prefer having other 5 or other 6As. And that's where these uh, scheduling issues come about. That's why Burks and Lancaster Lebanon are talking about possibly merging. That Hopefully that comes back on the table, would help with the scheduling issues that the LL League has made 
exponentially worse the next two cycles <laughs> or the next two years, the next cycle. But um, that's for a, a show at a later date. We'll have a lot to talk about when when yeah. when the 2020 is a is a staring at us. But here in 2019, it's all about the power ratings, and uh, I know people are incredulous about it and shocked and in disbelief, and I'm sure in Mannheim very angry. But it is what it is. I mean, we, we talked about this when we got the email from our listener off the air. We were like, if this was the other way around, we'd be furious. Oh my gosh. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I don't. Yeah. And yeah, just to be clear, we're just explaining yeah. the, what, what is. And we're, I mean, obviously we're reveling in it because if we can have home oh field gosh. advantage well, absolutely and take it for the first school to ever host a district championship game, you know, they've always well, been played at neutral an, sites. An interesting thing. And, an interesting thing to just keep in mind is like there are people when we go when we go around, especially early in the year, there are we hear lots of people go, why why do we schedule so all these hard teams? You know, this why is do we why. schedule all these hard teams. This is one of the reasons right here, right? Because it helps. Um, it also you learn stuff when you play good teams. You, yeah, you know, like battle tested. You you can argue that you you know we learned a lot in those four games then we'll more than we learned this past week or this coming week you know like now you, yeah. you never know but like it, it's just you can learn a lot from your football team about your football team in, in games like that so yeah we learned a lot of uh, you know early in the season against you know central dolphin and, and and spring forward uh to a lesser extent um now we looked really strong against mifflin and man i'm central and i i just i don't now know how strong top to bottom 5A is this year. Um, you know, Warwick, I, I still, I mean, I think Warwick might finish like fifth in the power ratings there. I would strongly favor Warwick to win that, as we know they already thrashed Mannheim Central. Uh, I would expect them to be able to do the same thing to Cocalico. I think Warwick's better than Mifflin. Uh, the only team there that I believe is undefeated that I don't know anything about is Shippensburg. Right. Uh, so I think um, Warwick should, to me, Warwick should be the favorite at 5A, and they could be ranked anywhere from 4 to 6 or something like that. But they're not a team that I'd want to play again. So, you no, know. The, you look at that 5A bracket. Now there are, Don't get me wrong. There are some 6A. You know, we're, we spent a lot of time talking about 6A, but you look at that 5A bracket too, man. There's some teams yeah. in there. Yeah, Like I'm sure, you know, we talk about potential rematches here. Those top three teams, you know, Wilson and Township play in league, but they both played Central Dolphin. Central Dolphin played Harrisburg. I guarantee Harrisburg would like another shot at yeah. that one. So, um, you know, Cedar Crest is in there, but Cumberland Valley, as of right now, is also in there. You yeah. Know, like, so, well, okay. So you it, mentioned it's just, it's just interesting. So outside of the top ten. They're not making it. I, I guess no. can't see Lebanon at eleven squeaking in there. No. Uh, even if they'd win this week, I, I just don't see them jumping from eleven Which, to eight. You want to talk about those other numbers? Lebanon plays in section three of LL League. Right now, whether or not that's the best place for them is it's debatable. Debatable, and there are legitimate points both ways because you look when they were in section one a couple years ago. I'm not sure that's what was best for them. There's a but compromise a, should have been moving them to two. But a 6A school playing the 2A schools. Also probably not. Right. And going seven and three. Now, right. 
<laughs> it's interesting because you're like, man, if there only there was a middle ground. Well, there is a middle ground yeah. between section one and section Well, don't worry. They're throwing, throwing all that to the fire and creating four sections next year. Right. So, um, well, let's quick look at, and go over all the opponents in week 10 for the top 10 schools because okay. those are the ones I think we're focusing on. Wilson, we know, plays McCaskey. You would, you would think that's a Wilson victory. Right. Mannheim Township plays Hempfield. The way Township is playing, you would think that's a victory. Yes. Central Dolphin plays CD East. Again, with the way Central Dolphin is playing, that should be a victory. Absolutely. So top three teams likely to win. Harrisburg plays Altoona. Also likely to be a victory. Even even if they're working with backup quarterbacks or they're dealing with injuries. Harrisburg, Altoona's struggling. I think they only maybe have two wins. So Harrisburg yeah. should win that Harrisburg's game. Harrisburg's going to be favored. That's a win for the top four teams. Central York is right behind Harrisburg. But again, this comes down to that the, the the opponent rating, and Harrisburg obviously has better opponents having to play in the mid-pen versus the York League. So even if Central York wins this week, which I would expect them to do, I don't think Central York is going to jump Harrisburg into the four spot. Now, it doesn't matter other than home field, um, but Central York plays well, York-William-Penn this week. Could be playing on a Friday night or Saturday afternoon. Oh, no, that's true. But... Um, so Central York does have to play York William Penn this week. Who is the number two school, I believe, right now in five A. Now the thing about York William Penn is they are eight and one and a very strong team. Uh, but um, excuse, excuse me, sorry, they are seven and two. Okay. Um, but their first loss was to Pittsburgh Central Catholic, which they well, went out west and played that. We'll I'll, give them a pass for that I'll one. Give you a pass for that one. But yeah. their other loss is to Cedar Crest. Yeah, which so, was was a surprise. It was that right, one that, was like, whoa, maybe we need Cedar to pay Crest attention to Cedar Crest. Nope. but like that was a that was one that caught people's attention both ways. Like, ooh, they did not expect York to lose that one, right. but also people did not expect um, Cedar Crest to win that one. No, um, yeah. So Harrisburg does play Altoona this week. Uh, Altoona has one win on the season. Um, that was against Taylor Aladice Alderdice. Sorry, didn't didn't read that properly. Um, and they have not looked competitive in most of their games. They lost to Central Dolphins 62 to nothing. So Central York, York William Penn, that's a battle. But even if Central York comes out victorious, I just don't think they're going to jump Harrisburg. Again, it wouldn't change the bracket because it would just change where they play because Harrisburg Central York is the 4-5, and that would be a first-round matchup. Now, Cedar Crest... Is, is sitting there at six, but they're pretty far behind Harrisburg and Central York. They do play Garden Spot, though, this week, who has not won a game. I fully expect Cedar Crest to get the win and go to seven and three. Now, where maybe it gets interesting is if Central York loses, Cedar Crest wins. Maybe Cedar Crest closes the gap with Central York, jumps to the five, but then Cedar Crest would have to go to Harrisburg. In the first round. Congratulations. Yeah, there, there's a great consolation <laughs> Although prize. it's not set up real great right now to have to go to Central Dolphin either. Right, yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. Pick your poison there. Um, now, we already mentioned... Oh, no, sorry. Do Cumberland Valley first. Cumberland Valley plays at State College. On Saturday. On Is it on Saturday? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is at Breaver yeah, Stadium. Breaver Stadium. Um, now, Cumberland Valley has turned it around this year. They started off hot, winning their first two, including a game against Central York, we just mentioned, but then they lost to Coatesville, Central Dolphin, Harrisburg, and Chambersville all in a row before ripping off three straight wins over Carlisle, Altoona, and CD East. Uh, but I fully expect 
State College to beat Cumberland Valley, knocking them to five and five, uh, and quite possibly out. But the the thing is, the teams behind them, um, or at least the team directly behind them, also has a tough game. Hempfield at the eight spot right now plays Mannheim Township, a huge rivalry game, and the Blue Streaks are the most impressive team we've seen this year, With, without a doubt. Right. Like, so clear now. Clear. Chambersburg, who is in the nine spot, plays Carlisle, who has, I believe, only two wins this year and has not looked good. Chambersburg has been very competitive. Competitive. They do have a loss to Red Lion. It was close by five, but they lost by 10 to State College, two to Harrisburg, and five to Central Dolphin. That was the last two weeks. So, you know, they're, they're yeah. playing good teams tough. Yeah. So... Uh, Chambersburg, I think will beat Carlisle, which should give them a playoff spot. I would think because I expect Cumberland Valley and Hempfield to lose. So I think they'll jump one, maybe both of them with a victory, right? Which would put them at the seven or maybe eight seed, which Chambersburg consolation for winning would likely to be to come to Wilson or go to Mannheim in the first round. Who's going to be the, the, the last seed in there with Chambersburg, it's going to be either Cumberland Valley, Hempfield, or maybe Red Lion. Red Lion has a rivalry game this week against Dallastown. Dallastown, we mentioned, not very good. Two and seven right now. Red Lion sitting at five and four. Huge game for Red Lion. If they win, they could be the eight seed with losses from Cumberland Valley and Hempfield. We, and again, it comes down to the power ratings. You got to win your games to, to, to make a case, have a chance. Um, I would expect the top six teams to not change much. I don't think the top four are going to change at all. You could see five and six flip. Um, but in the end, honestly, I'll put my prediction out there. I think it's going to be Wilson, Township, Central Dolphin, Harrisburg, Cedar Crest at five, Central York at six, Chambersburg seven, and Red Lion eight. That's how I think it's going to end with Cumberland Valley and Hempfield nine and ten, respectively. Well, I, I know, I think it might have been Eric Thomas. Um, that Central Dolphin game was this week, I think. Was that? The Central the Dolphin what? Chambersburg game. Yes, it okay. was 28-23 Central I Dolphin he, won. I think he was the one who wrote it. it if not, it was another one of the uh, mid-pen guys. But just was like, you know, watching Chambersburg play and over the season, like, he's like, there's no doubt. And again, he wasn't commenting on anything other than just the team right now. He's like, there's no doubt that, they are one of the top eight teams in District 3, 6, 8. Like, Chambersburg? You know, me, yes. Meaning, yeah. like, they, if you watch them play, you would say, yes, they are worthy of continuing their season. You know, kind of as a comment to, like, yes, I understand that's not how it's decided. Just, you know, just a comment on, like, yes, like, you watch them, there's no doubt that they deserve. And he basically is like, anybody that's seen them play would also be like, yeah, they probably deserve it. Yeah. So I'm going to put out a predicted bracket, just my expectations on uh, prognosticating Week 10 and what I think District 3 will look like and see how close I get. But I don't see think much is going to change. I mean, after this discussion of how the seeding works, how the power ratings work, I fully expect it to be Wilson, Township, Central Dolphin, Harrisburg, top four. Either Central York or Cedar Crest, five, six, you could possibly flip them. I think Cedar Crest is going to jump Central York because I think – York William Penn is going to beat Central York. 
Come on Valley and Hempfield, I expect both to lose, and I expect Chambersburg and Red Lion both to win. So I think Chambersburg moves up to seven and Red Lion moves up to eight with CV and Hempfield nine and ten. And, uh, you know, then Wilson would host Red Lion, Township would host Chambersburg, uh, Central Dolphin would host, I'll say, Central York, and then Harrisburg would host Cedarcrest. And, uh, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, like you said, Chambersburg is a very good team, but I still don't see how it's not the top four seeds in the semis. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, see, and this is where I get, I just don't know enough about the mid-pen teams that we don't play outside of Harrisburg. I shouldn't say that. Like, I haven't, but just following Harrisburg because they played, you know, the Central Dolphin game and, you know, just some of those other things. Um, no matter what. If Chambersburg makes it in, everyone's glad that we don't have to go to Chambersburg. Yes. <laughs> that would be close yes. to a two-hour bus ride. Yes. So yes. that would be no fun. But I think that pretty much is it for the show. I think yeah. I mentioned everything. It's going to be fun to see it. Um, is there a set time when the brackets come out? I know there isn't like a... a- well, usually I believe it's Eric Thomas has a contact um, you know, via his uh, high school... Uh, contacts that he usually has a projection from someone he always mentioned who it is i just don't remember who it is like already friday night now harrisburg harrisburg doesn't play till saturday they don't play till saturday okay so and cumberland valley doesn't play till saturday right yeah that's true cumberland valley and state college play saturday harrisburg plays out tuna saturday game they were waiting to see like if the penn state michigan state game was a noon game they were going to play late and if it was a late game they were going to play early early, and it's a 3 30 game right so So not helpful but so it won't be final quite possibly till monday but i'm pretty sure saturday night we will know because I'm pretty sure they put out an unofficial thing. Right. Or you can jump on the power rating and well, see. if it's just those two teams, they can start to fill in. Everyone if, else. If yeah. this team Oh, wins, yeah, that's right. They'll put out a thing. Teams. If so-and-so wins tomorrow, this will be the power ratings. If well, so, the other right. team wins tomorrow, this and will be the And they'll be able to ratings. even see if that changes it. Because it may not change it. Yeah, and then it, it wouldn't matter. It is, so. Right, it wouldn't matter. But, you know, there it is. That's what yeah. we talked about. So just a quick reminder before we go. I'm going to do, I'm pre-ordering these regardless of how many orders I get ahead of time. Very limited run. If you want a Doug Nose football shirt, let me know immediately. Send me a text or a message on social media and just tell me what size you want so I can make sure I order the right amount. Otherwise, if you want one, you got to hope that I have a size left for you. Again, I'm not getting a lot. So if you want one, uh, let me know. Uh, because of the, the limited amount I'm buying, they will be $15 a shirt, two-color front, that's it. Red athletic wear. It will be the uh, the A four athletic apparel. You know the uh, similar to the Nike and Under Armour performance gear. It's not the the cotton shirts. It will be the athletic type of shirt. So if you want a Doug Nose football shirt, uh, let me know immediately so I can get the uh, proper sizes ordered and have them ready for pickup at the end of this week. So, but that pretty much does it. Um, any anything to say? Oh, let's say congratulations to the girls' soccer team. For yeah. winning Berks County, um, the the boys soccer team and the girls the field hockey team lost in the county championship, but both have had solid seasons so far. And the three of those will be pushing onward to districts. Uh, same thing for the uh, girls volleyball team um, have had a solid season so far this year. I don't think the county championships are done for volleyball yet, though. I think they were ongoing. Could be wrong Could on that, be. but I, I didn't think know. they were quite finished. I know Wilson won their first match. Um, first first round matchup 
So uh, strong fall sports season for uh, Wilson as usual. Yeah, so let's keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's everything. So thanks for joining us. Hope that clears up the powder rating stuff. I think we got everything right. And for the people, both Wilson and Township people who are saying that we're wrong and Township will be one. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll but um, if I were a betting man, I'd be willing to bet that that is incorrect and uh, get ready to see Welcome to Gursky shirts because, it, well, it's going to go through Wilson. Well, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. Win on Friday and uh, it, it won't matter. It's uh, all mathematical right. formula. Then it, then it just comes down to the hard part of <laughs> winning the games. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. And then, then, you know, just, yeah, it's a little, it's a minor thing. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks for joining us for Justin Raffoff, the Wilson football program. I'm Joe Mays. And until next time, remember go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.